Welcome to the Women Winning at Weight Loss podcast. Have you found yourself trapped on the weight loss journey, losing and regaining the same 20 pounds? Are you tired of starving yourself, eating less calories than your toddler, and making the gym your second home is just not an option? Then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Anna J. Fit, weight loss and mental fitness coach, and in this podcast, I'll teach you exactly what to do to lose the weight sustainably and never gain it back. Let's dive in. Hello, my beautiful listeners of the Women Winning at Weight Loss podcast. Thank you for tuning in for another amazing episode. Ladies, I am one or two episodes behind. I've missed like a week or two of podcasting. And it's not that I didn't want to be here and that I did not want to talk to y'all. Of course I did. To the point where like I've been bursting with so many ideas in my sleep. And every day it was like, I need to record a podcast. I need to record a podcast. And I just didn't get to it. That's just me being honest. Why is that? Well, it's been an incredibly busy summer so far. And I'm definitely not complaining because it's been all about my business growing and me ultimately being blessed with the opportunity of helping a lot more women change their lifestyles for good and for better empowering women out here. It's been amazing so far. So I'm not sure, what, depending on which area, what state, what country you're in, but my kids got out of school at like around the 25th of May. Yeah, something along those lines. And so since then, it's been like super busy, incredible amount of incoming clients, which is really interesting because usually the summertime June, especially like May going into June and sometimes going into July. But those are really like slower months for the fitness and the weight loss industry in general. And I guess I must be doing something really right in life because it's been such a crazy influx of clients. And I did an amazing gut and butt challenge, a a free four day challenge at the end, sometime at the end of May, like that last week. And following that, since then, just a lot of clients or a lot of ladies that were inside of that challenge or heard about it or somehow were exposed to what I did during that amazing challenge have been signing up for with me for this summer's eight-week body boot camp. So it's been just so packed, so busy, just a lot going on with all these new clients, making sure that I'm serving them, that I'm setting them up for success because y'all know this about me. I, ref- I am anti-cookie cutter. I'm anti-one-size-fits-all. So it obviously takes a little bit more energy of me and a little bit more time because I literally set up every single client with their fully customized and personalized game plan from their nutrition, their meal plans, their workouts, the mindset that they need to overcome, like mindset hurdles and things like that. So anyways, that explains why I've missed a couple of weeks of podcasting and I'm definitely going to make up for it. That is my promise to all of you beautiful listeners. So what we're going to be talking about in this episode today is literally about how avoidance creates the space for you to fuck up. That's it. That's the title of the podcast. That's what we're going to be talking into. That's what we're going to dive into. So here's what, let me tell you, first of all, what led me to deciding on this topic and recording this episode. I have a lot of clients who are really great 
with the consistency and maintaining their habit of logging and tracking their food intake on a day-to-day basis. Guess what? Those clients are also the ones who lose at least 10 pounds consistently per month. So they get like really good transformations. They make progress faster than those clients that I have who have a tendency to put up a lot of resistance. They're very inconsistent with their tracking and their logging. When it comes to their food intake, liquid calorie intake, all of it, because all of it counts. So the other thing that I noticed with those clients that are not very consistent with the logging and tracking part is that even when I bring it up and because I am their coach, so I am, you know, highly encouraging the encouraging them to do this, especially when I'm explaining to them why they need to do this because it raises their awareness and it helps them, it helps keep them on track, but it teaches you a lot about yourself and your relationship with food. And then ultimately you start to become more intentional with what you want to put in your body and why. And so I explained that over and over and over again to a lot of my clients. And that's okay because I, I've learned that coaching in coaching, effective coaching is repeating kind of the same messages over and over again, but in different ways. Because sometimes it lands this way for one client, but it doesn't for another. Then I say it differently. And another client is like, oh, I get it. Now it makes sense, right? So that's like literally one of the things about being a great coach that I had to learn over time is it's not enough to just say something one time. It's not enough to teach my clients something once. I got to It's repetition, repetition, repetition. And a lot of times it it calls for me to be more creative with how I'm delivering the messages to my clients for it to really land and sit with them and lead to impact and change behaviors, which is what coaching is about. So the other thing that I noticed with those that were inconsistent with tracking and logging your foods in general is that Saturday and Sunday, there are no logs. Like I see nothing. And so on my end, when it's Monday morning and I get back to my desk and I'm literally checking for, you know, my client's compliance, messages that they send to me, questions that they have, whose wins can I celebrate? Those are kind of the things that I do Monday mornings. And I've noticed a trend this past week. All, like more than half of my clients, there were no logs on the weekends. So I said, you know what? Cool. I'm going to do a training on this. I'm going to address this as a community. And if you've been following or listening to my episodes for quite some time, you know that we have the VIP lounge, which is the private Facebook community only for my clients. And it is a community. It's not a Facebook group like all these other coaches and trainers out here that have Facebook groups where there's like literally nothing happening and no one cares. That's the truth. We have a community. And inside of that community, I do a live training every Monday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. And I always very carefully audit what's going on with all my clients, you know, and then collectively, I typically recognize a couple of patterns. So like going into summer, we, Tracy, my assistant coach and I, we picked up on a couple of things. We were like, hey, we need to discuss these topics because they're specifically challenges that our clients are facing more so during the summer. So we adjust and we always make sure that we're setting all clients up for success. So all this to say inside of the community that week, I decided that Monday's training is going to be all about the importance of logging and tracking your foods, even on the weekends. And one of the things that I addressed during that training, actually, 
two key things. Number one is a lot of women say they want a lifestyle change. This applies to the women specifically who have tried injections, pills, gummies, whatever suppresses your appetite out here, teas, detox products, keto, any other crazy restrictive diet, Beyonce, lemonade, military, you name it, okay? So this applies a lot of times mostly to women who have had many cycles and many failed experiences with all these dieting trends and all these crazy programs that were very restrictive, deprivation-based, cookie cutter, one size fits all. And so women then come to me after all these cycles realizing, hey, you know what? That All that shit does not work. Like I want a lifestyle change. I want something that is going to be sustainable, that meets me, Anna, where I am, that respects my family dynamics, my schedule, my schedule, my preferences, you name it. Like it's made for Anna. Because if it's made for Anna, this is something that I'm going to be able to continue living by for the rest of my life if I so choose to. But it's not going to feel like a chore, a burden. I can't stick with it. Because that to me is just, it's just a waste of money, time, energy, and it affects your mental health and not in a positive way. So I reminded these my clients, all of you came to me asking me to teach you and show you every step of the way what that sustainable lifestyle change is going to look like for you. So I am here to remind all of you that when it's your lifestyle, it's not like your job. You don't clock in and clock out. It's not seasonal. It's not temporary. What do I mean by that? So maybe a lot of you listeners too have, you know, a different work schedule or you're working, you're working Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 p.m. You have the ability to clock in at 9 a.m. on your work days. And on your workdays, you clock out at a certain time and then it's over with. You have the right to put, store the work shit in that work compartment in your brain, right? But when you ask for a lifestyle change, here's the hard truth. You don't fucking get to clock in Monday at 9 a.m. and clock out Monday at 5 p.m. And then you do all kinds of other crazy shit. No. And what I explain to my clients is that that applies to the fact that if you're logging and tracking your foods and it's been, it's been helping you get amazing results, right? And it's been keeping you aware and intentional of your food choices. When you still have a lot of weight to lose, you don't get to only do that Monday through Friday and then do all kinds of other shit that falls under the radar and no one knows what's happening Saturday through Sunday. A lot of my clients are teachers, so I use this as an example as well. Just because it's summer and you're not working doesn't mean that all of a sudden you don't need to get your steps in anymore, that you don't need to work out anymore for the next eight weeks, that you don't need to be drinking however much water you've been drinking for these last three months, that you don't need to be you know, prepping your meals and making sure that you reach your protein intake goals just because it's summer and because you're out of foot of your job for a while. That's a job. So with the job, you have some kind of abilities of clocking in, clocking out, saying, hey, right now I'm doing this. And then right now I'm not doing this. That's fine because it's your job. But when you're asking for a lifestyle, that means that 
this is just your way of living, whether it's Monday or it's Saturday, it's kind of the same. Exactly. The second point that I covered here with my clients when I saw this pattern is that, unfortunately, when we're not tracking and we're not logging our foods, we are subconsciously making ourselves believe that whatever we did, if it's not logged, it doesn't count. It didn't happen. Why am I addressing this? When I was on my own journey, on the road to losing 50 pounds, I played this mental game with myself so many times. Like I literally would sit here and be like, okay, so I'm going to be reasonable. Or let's, let's go back to when I tried to do keto Atkins and whatever else. And I was so desperate. So I was like, let me just cut out these carbs. So I tried to cut, cut my carbs, which you know by now, I absolutely do not support, condone, or push these types of approaches because they're not sustainable. And I would track in my fitness pal at the time, which is years ago. And I would play these mind games. So, okay, I did really great for three days tracking and logging. And my carb intake was like 10, 20 grams, which is crazy when I think about it now. There's no way that I was feeling good. There's no way. And then day four, which is what happens. It's like, oh, fuck. I just, I just really want carbs. Like, I really want carbs. And so I would continue tracking like my low carb food options and all the shit that was quote unquote okay and acceptable for me to eat based on this diet. And then I would try to squeeze in a couple Oreos, maybe a little bit of bread, or at the time, maybe I saw my husband, you know, cooking something that was not really on my diet plan. And then I would sneak in a couple spoonfuls of that as well. And I purposefully, would not log it in my fitness pal because I didn't want to confront myself. And I was playing the avoidance game, which is why I said avoidance creates the space for you to fuck up. And I don't mean in the sense that you're not allowed to eat carbs or you're not allowed to eat Oreos or you're not allowed to do this and that. No, because I don't even, that's not what I teach my clients at all. I eat Oreos too, by the way. So that's not what this is about. It's more so about we're entering binge cycles and we're doing too much of something. And deep down, we know that we completely exaggerated. We know this was not good for us. This was not part of, you know, this lifestyle that I've been living for the last, you know, six plus months. And I've been feeling good and it's been really sustainable. Something happens. And then all of a sudden we're like, well, Maybe I should, maybe I'm going to eat, maybe I'm going to drink two glasses of wine instead of one, but I'm not going to log that because I don't really want to see that. And we're playing this avoidance game with ourselves. And a great analogy or another way to like really look at this so that it really sinks in and it resonates is when people are complaining about where's my money going? I don't understand. And they have a lot of debt. And instead of working on getting out of debt, it seems like their debt just gets worse and worse and worse from one month to the next. And their problems are just piling up. And they know this. They're aware because they're suffering from this. They don't feel good. Personal experience, by the way, because I've been there, done that. Causes a lot of anxiety, a lot of internal stress. It really does contribute to 
mental health issues, you know, depression, et cetera. And what I know I did when I knew deep down, I have to go look at my debt. I need to tackle this problem hands on. The only way that I'm ever going to feel lighter, the only way that I'm ever going to feel less burdened, the only way that I'll ever get more peace when it comes to my relationship with my money is by me facing the numbers each and every single day. But I didn't want to do that. I experienced such huge resistance and I played that game for years. I'm not going to lie to y'all. And it got me in a really bad place financially. A lot of money coming in, which definitely a blessing on all levels. I've always been great at making money, but more money going out. That's the problem. And more debt piling on. Bad decisions after bad decisions, which ends up being really costly. And before you know it, because you've been avoiding looking at the numbers for so long, you turn around and when you finally look at them, you're having an entire panic attack. That happened to me. So it's playing the avoidance game. It's how avoidance is literally creating the space for you to fuck up. In me avoiding looking at my debt every day, in me avoiding tracking my, my financial habits, my, my expenses, right? My spending habits on a day-to-day basis, looking at my accounts, looking at what my money is doing on a day-to-day basis, because I avoided doing that for so long, I did not make progress, even though I had great intentions, even though I felt very much committed to doing better with my money, but it did not lead to any progress at all. I didn't get better. My money didn't get better. My debt did not get better. I hope that this is making sense. And I really hope that this analogy right here is triggering you to make a real change in your life. And it is possible that you can also relate to this particular situation as far as your finances. And in which case, sister, I'm highly encouraging you to stop playing the avoidance game with your money too, even though I'm not a money coach. So that's not what I'm trying to do here. But what if you could stop playing the avoidance game with your nutrition, whether it's calories that stem from actual food or calories that stem from what you're drinking, whether it's the dragon fruit, what is it? Dragon fruit, lemonade, what is it? Refresher, whatever from Starbucks and how much sugar they put in that. Or whether it's you avoiding tracking and logging how many beers you're drinking every single week and how much that adds up in carbs and sugar and calories. And that could explain why maybe you're not making as much progress as you'd like as you'd like on your weight loss journey, or whether this is also going to trigger you to come up with some kind of money management system so that you're tracking every penny that you're spending on a day-to-day basis, because all of this shit is going to raise so much awareness in your life. And if you have the awareness, like the real hardcore awareness, then we become more intentional. So back to why I continue to be so firm and so hard on my clients with, and it's not like I have some clients that are at different stages. Let me clarify this, but I have some clients who are at different stages on their weight loss and fitness journeys, and they're no longer in a place where they're having to track or log foods because now I transitioned them over to a more intuitive eating approach, which by the way, intuitive eating is absolutely phenomenal 
every step and in through every phase of your weight loss journey. And I probably should do an episode about that. However, when you have a lot of weight to lose, I do not believe that intuitive eating in itself is enough to get you some significant results, which is why I always start my clients off when they have large weight loss goals with creating the awareness first by making them track and log every single day and supporting them with meal plans and the food and the feedback that I provide on their food logs every single day. Like I am, I don't play about that. I don't miss a single food log. But over time, this teaches them to be more intentional with what they're eating, serving sizes, portions, the food choices that they make overall, because now they've been tracking and logging so much that it's in their face. They cannot run from the numbers. They can't run from, oh, these are my habits and this is what they add up to. There's no hiding. But eventually, you just switch over into intuitive eating and you kind of know you kind of know now because you've learned for a couple of months or so or years. Now you know, okay, this is what works for me. These are normal portions for me, etc. But all this to say that avoidance creates the space for you to fuck up. And for me, avoidance, when it comes to my money empowerment journey, created so much space for me to continue fucking up one day after the next. One credit card after the next. One fucking horrible money mistake after the next. Because avoid, avoid, avoid. And I never knew what the numbers really looked like or how bad it really was because I was afraid. We avoid the things that we know are uncomfortable. We avoid the things, and avoidance is resistance, by the way. We resist the things that we know are going to be unpleasant and uncomfortable. Even if deep down, we know that this is literally like the one thing that we need to do in order to get us to the next level. Like we know these things. You know these things as you're listening to me preach. You already know this. But again, remember what I said at the beginning of this podcast episode is that a great coach knows that it's all about repetition. It's about delivering the same powerful messages. The repetition is there, but a lot of times using different analogies, presenting the same messages differently which is why I'm doing this. So even though you know this deep down and you may have heard me say something along those lines before, you probably needed to hear it again, but this time with an even deeper understanding of why this matters and how we also do this in other realms of our lives. So most likely, if you've been playing the avoidance game when it comes to your money and tracking your expenses day to day, right? And you also have a debt problem that you're not resolving then this probably applies. And you're probably doing the exact same thing when it comes to nutrition as well. So it's the entire idea that if I just don't look at it, if I just avoid it, if I just look the other way, then I can kind of pretend like it's not a problem. It's not happening. It's not there. I don't have to face it. I don't have to deal with it, right? But we all know, we all grown here. So we all know that the only thing that's doing is ultimately leading the way or paving the way for much bigger problems. And so it's, you end up at the doctor and while three years ago you were pre-diabetic, you have been playing the avoidance game for the last three years. And now you end up at the doctor and you are full fucking blown diabetic. And now there is no more space for, oh, well, just take your time and walk more and maybe exercise more. You still have time to change your lifestyle. No, now it's, honey, 
you're getting on insulin, whether you like it or you don't. Because at that point, here's the reality. If your A1C is just way too high, at that point, it's a matter of you have to get on medications because otherwise you will lose your vision or you will lose a fucking kidney. That's just the reality. You can still reverse diabetes, by the way. I have a lot of clients who do that. But I'm just saying, once you've gotten to the point where your A1C is too elevated, you have to get on medications because otherwise you're putting all your other vital organs at risk. Get on medications and then still change your lifestyle until you can reverse this problem, get your A1C back down to healthy levels, get off the medications. Wonderful. But the point here is, if you continue to play the fucking avoidance game, You are continuing to create the space for you to fuck up more and more and more and more until it is too late, which I hope not. And I think that it's, for the most part, never really too late, but or until it gets to a point where it's so fucking severe and the suffering and the pain is so real in your face that you won't have a choice but to change. But the process of avoidance is literally you resisting doing exactly what you know you need to do most to get to the next level version of you. If right now it's, I'm so miserable, I can't, I don't feel comfortable in any of the clothes that I own. At the same time, I refuse to go up a size, but in order to feel comfortable again, I literally need to go up a size. I am out of breath after not even one flight of stairs. I feel fatigued, exhausted, drained all of the time. Now my mental health is starting to really take a hit as well. And I'm really starting to wonder if I'm going to be able to live long enough or live energized and healthy long enough to even see my grandkids grow up. If that's kind of where you're at in life, it's like the avoidance game, the resisting the resistance and the re- continuing you to continue avoid and you continuing to resist the uncomfortable tasks right now, they're going to cost you X amount of years of your life. They're going to cost you a significant amount of quality of life. They're going to cost you experiences, people, relationships. It's going to cost you financially, by the way. That's another one. If you don't stop avoiding those things now, if you don't stop resisting those things now so that you can get to that next level version of you that you actually really desire reaching, but also that you know deep down you deserve. You deserve to live in the body of your dreams. You deserve to feel good about yourself. I don't care if you got six kids and you've been married twice and you deserve to fucking be sexy and fine as hell and whichever that, you know, Whatever that means to you, there's no universal definition of that. You deserve to feel your fucking best, your healthiest, not get out of breath so easily, build fucking toned ass arms like Michelle Obama, if that's your goal. Like you deserve to have all these fucking things that deep down you desire, you really have a burning desire to manifest. That desire is there and it's burning because you deserve it. Otherwise, it wouldn't even be there. Just that simple. But what's in the way is you continuing to feed into and play the avoidance game with yourself. And the avoidance is literally what's creating the space for you to continue fucking up. The avoidance is literally like what's, it's it's like this bridge between where you are right now 
And on the other side of that bridge, once you cross over that bridge, is that next level version of you. But fucking avoidance is right there, preventing you from even get from even getting on this bridge. See, I needed a visual. But you can't get on this bridge. You cannot enter the bridge until you make the commitment to stop avoiding the shit that's preventing you from getting to the other side, to the next level you. So that's why this, this topic is just so important because I think that a lot of us are literally not able to manifest and make a reality, make the things that we really want a reality. Whether it is, I want to lose 50 pounds and never gain it back. I want to get myself out of debt and, I don't know, rack up $50,000 in savings. Like all these goals, right? They require that we look at numbers. They require that we create awareness around our habits every single day, our choices. And that is definitely an uncomfortable thing. So back to the money part so that you know exactly what I'm talking about and that I've been there and I am I have been doing this work myself where I would not come on here and preach and teach about it. Believe me. But to be really vulnerable and transparent for a second, when it got to the point where I realized, kind of like a lot of you, hey, I've been repeating the same debt cycle. It's a cycle. I've been repeating the same debt cycle, whether I was employed in healthcare and, you know, making like 60 grand, my base salary before commission. Great. I've been repeating the same debt cycle after leaving the employment life and making that income. I have doubled my revenue as a self-employed coach. My business definitely is flourishing and is blooming. But then I repeated the exact same spending habits and the exact same debt cycle repeated itself, even in entre- in me being an entrepreneur and a successful one, because I am running a profitable, biz- profitable, biz- profitable business, my bad. So, and, and I look back, I look back at how old this pattern was in my life. And it started with me in college. So in college, I didn't even have a job, but I already had a credit card. And then before I knew it, I mean, the credit card didn't have like a huge limit. It was like a $600 limit on my credit card when I was literally my first year in college. I don't even know how the fuck I got that credit card. And I got it from a bank, interestingly enough. And then, you know, I had a phone. Obviously, I had a phone, even though I really didn't have credit. So I was just starting off with building my building my credit when I got to college. So I got kind of like a late start. And then I want to say that maybe like two years in or three years in or something like that, I got like a part-time job. So I started working a little bit. I had built up my credit just a tiny bit between the credit card and my phone bill that I was paying on time every single month. And then I got a Walmart credit card. So I'm talking about like early 20s. And I don't know nothing about money. I am financially illiterate, no lie. And I'm making just one bad decision after the next. So I maxed out that credit card, couldn't even pay that shit. Maxed out the Walmart credit card too. The worst credit card on the market, literally. It took me years to pay off my Walmart credit card. I mean, it's these cycles, I have been repeating them since someone gave me access to money, basically. So kind of like a lot of you ladies who have been repeating the exact same cycles on your weight loss journey. It doesn't matter if it was keto or it doesn't matter if it was Atkins 20 years ago. Then five years ago, you did keto and you got the same results. You lost a tremendous amount of weight. You gained double back. Same shit, right? But different decade, different era. 
Then you, now, what, what are you doing now? Now you just try Ozempic or what's the other one? Manjaro or whatever. On top of having horrible side effects, you did stick with, stick with it long enough to drop a considerable amount of weight. But then you stopped because, hey, that shit doesn't feel good. It's expensive. Also, it's not supposed to be long-term. Plus, if you're not a full-blown diabetic, you really have no business doing that. But that's another subject. You stopped and then guess what? Your normal appetite came back, right? Normal appetite came back as it's supposed to because that's actually your natural appetite. And then you gain all that weight back plus some. Same fucking cycles. So you did that shit in your 20s. You did that shit in your 30s. Then you did that shit again in your 40s, right? And I don't know how old you are. If you're 50, 60, whatever. Fill in the gap. Make this apply to your story, right? And at some point, we get to the point where we start to realize this shit is not wise. I am literally repeating the same exact cycles, except every single time I'm using a different avenue, I'm using a different approach, but all of it is based and rooted in the same issue, which is restrict restrictiveness, deprivation, shortcuts, unhealthy, right? Unsustainable, you name it. That's the list. You choose a different approach, a different product, right? A different avenue, but it's all rooted in the same problems, which means that the foundation is already not there. And you get the same results every time, which is significant weight loss, significant weight regain, plus some. And for me, I had that same awakening and realization when it came to my money. I did this shit in my 20s, right? Early 20s. Then I did that shit again in my late 20s. When I got myself out that first mess, I created the second one. Then early 30s, boom, here I go again. And then here I am now. And I'm like, this cycle will not continue repeating itself because it causes too much anxiety. It puts more stress on my mental and I already battled depression. This shit makes it worse. It's not worth it. So it's a lot of pain, suffering, wasted time, wasted money, wasted energy. And you can relate to this because you've been doing the same thing cycle after cycle, era after era, decade after decade when it comes to weight loss. And for some of y'all, it's every year. Every year you're trying something else. But at some point, we got to stop. We got to take a couple steps back, go within and realize that we are the creators of these vicious ass cycles. And then we have to commit to no longer avoid. And this is where the biggest resistance is going to happen because avoidance has been your thing. But you can no longer allow that space for avoidance because avoidance in itself, as you continue that, creates the space for you to continue fucking up. So I came to the point where I said enough is enough and I cannot continue to avoid the numbers. I cannot continue to avoid looking at balances. I cannot continue to avoid every single day or week or whatever. Like I wasn't even looking at I wasn't even looking at balances. I was avoiding them purposefully. I wasn't even looking like I would swipe my card all the time, not even look at the balance on purpose. Because I was like, if I look at the balance, I'm gonna have a heart attack. Let me just keep swiping. Avoidance. And with you. If that avoidance shows up and I'm just not going to step on the scale. I haven't stepped on the scale in like eight months and I know my clothes are getting tighter, so I don't even want to see the number. No, actually, you need to see the number 
That's the reality. You actually need to step on that fucking scale. Stop avoiding that shit. See the number. Let it shock the hell out of you. But I got to that place where I said enough is enough. I pulled out, I'm very old school, traditional pen and paper. So I pulled out, I got a new notebook and I called that no- notebook Money Matters. That's it. I wrote like that. I wrote it on the, the first page, the cover page, Money Matters. Got that notebook. And what the first thing that I did was list out all of my accounts, like all my credit cards, all of my loans, all savings accounts, checking accounts, listed everything. Okay. And I sat here at my desk like trembling in full anxiety mode. And I logged into one website at a time. Well, you know what's interesting? To tell you how bad it was, I didn't know the, the login information for half of them. So I had to co- make phone calls. I had to send emails. Some of them I didn't even have online accounts set up for. So I didn't even know what my credentials were. I mean, an absolute pain in the ass. But the thing is that my commitment was so strong to end this cycle once and for all. I said, I'm not going to continue living like this. I will not go into my 40s like this. And I'm 37. It's just not happening. And my commitment was so rock solid that no matter how uncomfortable, how unpleasant, how much anxiety, how many tears I shed, how many times I said, you know, I was like, oh my God, how the fuck? I'm never going to get over this shit. I'm never going to be able to get some organization into this. Like I was just screaming and just fussing and everything. But I was so determined and committed that this is not going to be my life. So I sat there and it took forever for me to get some kind of sense of organization and structure, but I did it. I looked at every account. Like at the beginning, I was closed my eyes when I was clicking on open, log in. I closed my eyes for a second before looking. That's how afraid afraid I was, which is going to happen if you've been playing the avoidance game for so long. One account after another, one balance after another, one credit card, one loan, all of it, everything. And one, all organized in my little Money Matters notebook. And I made the commitment. I said, the only way that I'm going to have less anxiety, the only way that I'm going to get better, the only way that I'm going to experience less stress around my money is that I get into the habit of looking at these numbers every single day. And that every time I swipe a card or whatever, whatever it is, that I make little updates of my balances, of my balance, the, the balances that I owe, so the debts, and then what are my assets? Where am I at? Update every single thing. And I literally sat here and forced myself to do this every single morning for a while. Until, actually the other day, with so much peace and so much calm, I went and updated my balance. I checked all my accounts. And when I was done, I was like, that's interesting. No anxiety, no tension, no trembling, no worries. Just just like second nature. Hey, this is actually really cool. And then I went for a walk and the entire walk, I was like, damn girl, you've come such a long way. This is incredible. Wow. You're not avoiding your shit anymore. You're no longer creating the space for you to keep fucking up with your money. Actually, you are really on top of your shit. You are on top of your game. And that's the moral of the story here. Is this, if you really and truly want to get to that next level version of you, you have to overcome the resistance. You have to stop playing the avoidance game with yourself so that there's, so that you're closing the gap. 
the space becomes smaller and smaller and smaller of you, of opportunities and possibilities for you to keep fucking up. You make it less and less possible. So if logging and tracking, for example, is where you are continuing to resist and the avoidance continues to be because you keep telling yourself, oh, if I don't log it, then I'm not seeing it, then I can pretend it just didn't happen. If I'm having a binge, if I'm going into a binge episode on Saturday afternoon, I just act like, I just pretend that that shit didn't happen. I'm just binging all weekend. But then Monday through Friday, I'm logging everything to my fitness pal. What? No. It's twisted. And you're trying to, you're trying to cheat somebody, but you're cheating yourself. So avoidance will continue to create the space for you to fuck up. If you don't want to find yourself in that same predicament over and over again, if you have had enough, you need to make the solid ass commitment to yourself that this is not how you're going to continue living. And little side note, I had already made the solid fucking commitment, rock solid. And I'm a Virgo. So once I make up my mind, there's no turning. We're not turning back. There's no going back. It's this Virgo personality. Which is why, for example, if you know any Virgos or know anything about a Virgo, when when we're about some, when we let somebody in, like we rocking solid with those people, like for life, and so we will tolerate a lot of shit. We will be done wrong a lot, and we're still gonna stick by people, and we're gonna be there. We're gonna have their backs. But when we're done, oh, when we finally like, it's funny because if you look into uh, to big into astrology, which I am, but then you look at all the zodiac signs in relationships and the Virgos are known to be the ones that stay in the most toxic relationships and the most like shittiest, unpleasant, unhappy relationships the longest. We have a tendency to tolerate the most amount of bullshit of other people because when, once we love you, like we love you, love you, like it's, it's a wrap. So it's very hard for us because then we made the decision. It's like, I've let you in. I've decided that you're my person. So you're my person forever. And this can be friendships and everything else too. But on the flip side, though, once we decide that we didn't have enough of your bullshit, oh, there's no coming. There's no turning back. So I made that commitment so rock solid that I was absolutely not going back to the way that I was living when it came to my money relationship and my money matters. But the commitment was so solid that I sat here and I studied shit, snowball methods and red books and everything else. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm going to sit here. There will be, be no more avoidance. I will be changing the way that I'm living with my money. And I'm already doing it because I'm sitting here forcing myself to look at these numbers and update them every single day and have them in my face. And then to take that a step further, though, I realized I'm not a money expert. I am not a debt, you know, solving, re, re, whatever the term would be. But like, I'm not an expert here in money matters, in financial, you know, literacy, financial responsibility and things like that. So you know what I need to do now at this point is I need to invest in myself and I need to go get a money coach. And that's exactly what I did. So the moral of the story here is that if you're listening to this and you are in a space now where you're like, you know what, fuck this. I, my commitment is going to be so solid. She's right. Coach Anna's right. I'm not, I've been repeating these same exact cycles and patterns for the last freaking 20 years or however, whatever, right? The commitment is that that shit ends now. I'm not going to play the avoidance game anymore because I'm tired of fucking up. And she's right. I have every right to cross over that bridge to reach that next level version of me. I'm going to do that shit. Avoidance, move the fuck out the way. Resistance, fuck you too. I'm going over there. And as you start 
Maybe your start is like, I'm going to be committing to documenting everything inside of my fitness pal, everything I drink, everything I eat, no matter what, every single day, whether I like the numbers or I don't, whether I go over my calories or I don't, I don't fucking give a fuck. Like literally, I'm a track, I'm a log, all of it, every single damn day of my life. And then at some point, what may happen is that you realize, okay, I've been really consistent. I've been tracking. I'm not playing the avoidance game. But you know what? I'm recognizing that I'm also not losing weight or I'm not reaching my goals or I don't even know if these are the right calories for me. May, am I eating the right foods? Maybe I need to change the foods I'm eating. At that point, you reach out to me. At that point, you come send me a DM on Instagram at Anna J Fit or on Facebook at Anna J Fit and you say, hey, coach, I've been listening to what you said on that episode on your podcast. and..." I've been holding myself accountable. I've been, I, I'm not, I'm not playing the avoidance game anymore. And so I've been tracking or I've been doing this. Or I've been doing that. Well, I stepped back on the scale after hiding the scale for like three years. I'm not playing the avoidance game no more. And along with that commitment comes, I'm hire, I need to hire you because I need to take this journey to the next level. And I'm committed to reaching that other side. I'm committed to getting on this bridge and reaching the other side that next level version of me because I deserve to be that woman. I want to be that woman. And I'm also sick and tired of living the way that I'm living. That's my invitation to you. That is my invitation to you. Change your fucking life. Allow me to change your life for better and hire me as your damn coach. See what I'm saying? I keep it real all the way, a hundred percent. But, you know, again, I keep it so fucking real that everything I always share with y'all, whether it's my clients or on the podcast or on the live on Facebook or in my reels on Instagram, on my stories on Instagram, if you, you've you watched those. But all of what I share is the shit that I've been through, the lessons that I've learned, right? And all I'm always doing is just making sure that I'm giving that back to all of you by being fully transparent and open about it so that you see, oh, she a real human being. Oh, she done been through all that shit too. Oh, she gets me. Because the idea here is not that I'm fucking perfect. The idea is if my imperfect ass has been able to overcome all that shit, whether it's my money, whether it's the debt, whether it's losing 50 pounds, whether it's the fact that I reversed my prediabetes, you name it, all the shit I have been able to accomplish. And on, on top of that, being a single mom of two in a state that is not my home, that I've been living in for the last 10 years, okay? And I am divorced. You can add all the other things. The moral is that you can do all of that and more hell. But you got to be willing to remove the resistance. Stop playing the avoidance game because you're cheating yourself out of an opportunity. Invest in yourself and hire me. That's it. That's all I got, ladies. So as always, remember that. keep a smile on your face spread love and positivity to, to those around you and remember that above all you deserve to live in the body of your dreams that's it peace thank you for listening to the women winning at weight loss podcast if you found today's episode valuable make sure to share it with other women in your life and head over to facebook to join the women winning at weight loss community we'll see you there